This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Jesus never said, figure it out. He never said, figure it out. He said, you do not know. The important thing is that God's people know what's going to happen. Know that we're going to be raptured at any time. Know that the judgment is coming. That's what we need to know. Not only for ourselves so we can be ready, but also that we can warn the world to let them know that Jesus is coming and there is a final judgment. If you don't want to be a part of it. Be alert. Be steadfast. Be ready. Jesus tells believers that you don't know when He'll return, so He calls you to be vigilant and ready for His return. But, as Pastor Eddie explains today, man is often more comfortable living unholy lives, not expecting Jesus. Instead, He teaches you should live holy lives. Don't just rest on your salvation prayer, but live faithful, obedient, and humble lives dedicated to Jesus so He will approve of your life when He comes. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he continues his message, The Day of the Lord. When Jesus, before he ascended up to be in heaven with the Father, he spent a few times, the Bible says he spent 40 days after his resurrection. So after he rose from the grave, he didn't just go to heaven and say, hey guys, how you doing? I just conquered the grave, check it out, I'll see you later. No, he spent 40 days. And as he was about to be ascended up into heaven, the disciples asked Jesus the question, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They just cared about Israel. Kingdom is not of this world. But they want to know when he really was to come. And this is what Jesus said, I think it's important for all of us. Jesus said in Acts chapter 7, verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 7, I'm sorry. After they asked the question, Lord, when? Jesus said, it is not for you to know. Not for you to know times or season when the Father has put in his own authority. Never was meant, never was meant for us to understand. Well, let's go, I'll give you a few more verses. Jesus also said in Matthew 24, verse 36, But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Matthew chapter 24, verse 44. Therefore, you also be ready. That's what we should do. Be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Matthew chapter 25, verse 13. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. In Jesus' Olivet Discourse, uh, there in Jerusalem, just a few feet away, you can actually see Jerusalem, and there's a hill there where all the, uh, where the Mount of Olives is. Um, they asked Jesus the question. Jesus went on to say in Matthew 24, verses 48, he says, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You'd be surprised how many religions out there where they have their leader consider themselves to be the Christ. There are a lot. 
Verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But, we're gonna, don't we hear that all the time? But he says, see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But, here it is, the end is not yet. The end is not yet. How many times people say, oh, war, oh, Jesus is coming. Oh, it's almost World War Three. Some people went to World War Four without three. I don't know how they did that, but who? Oh, God, is, he said, but the end is not yet. Verse 7, for nation rises against nation and the kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famine, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning, beginning, beginning of sorrows. It is only the beginning, Jesus says. And Jesus says, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. And right away, you'll see those who he, when you hear famine and everything, oh, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Or they start, setting, they start setting dates and time. How many, I've been in the body of Christ for so long. Over and over again, people make all kinds of, it's on YouTube, on Facebook, and they say, hey, Pastor, hey, what do you think about this? He's not coming then. Oh, what about this? But, but the full moon, he's not coming. Oh, wait a minute. The Jewish calendar, he's not coming. Because if you know, he's not coming. Very simple. Very simple. Jesus said, you do not know. Are we trying to prove God wrong? When we try to find the time when he's coming, are we trying to prove it wrong? As if... When you get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, wow, man, you're so smart. You figured it out. How did you do it? Man, I should have never written in the words in multiple passages we do not know. (laughs) You got it. There are many false teachers and Christians that have given their predictions about year, month, and day. And instead of hearing the trumpet of God, all they heard was the mockery of the word, calling Christians as fools. As nuts, you know? All you Christians are crazy. Yeah, Jesus coming. Um, There was one, I forgot his name, Harold Camping. That was the biggest one. He made a prediction. Oh, I made a mistake. Calculation was wrong. Boom. And guess what? People in his congregation were selling everything. There was one man who actually worked, who followed him. He was actually a city worker. He sold everything, his pension, everything. And he was there in Times Square waiting with the sign. And you see the news. Oh, there's a man with a sign saying, Jesus is coming. And people are just behind him, just doing the face. Hey, how you doing? You know, trying to, you know, hit the camera. And this guy is crazy. He's He's just standing there. Jesus is coming. And that passed. We need to stop. We need to stop. Jesus never said, figure it out. He never said, figure it out. He said, you do not know. The important thing is that God's people know what's going to happen. Know that we're going to be raptured at any time. Know that the judgment is coming. That's what we need to know. Not only for ourselves so we can be ready, but also that we can warn the world to let them know that Jesus is coming and there is a final judgment. And you don't want to be a part of it. The truth is we do not know the day or the hour. All we need to know is Christ is coming for his church and to warn the people. And there's two good reasons why we don't need to know the day nor the hour. There's two good reasons. Number one, if the Lord has given us the exact day or the hour, it would definitely alter our relationship and our walk with the Lord spiritually, wouldn't it? 
Just think about this. Almost 6,000 years. I'm not an evolutionist. I don't think the world was a billion years. I'm looking at the scriptures and what it tells me. For 6,000 years, if the prophets knew that Jesus was coming in 2021, you think there would be prophets? There wouldn't be prophets. There would be partying. Hey, Jesus is not coming in my lifetime, nor my children, nor my grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. Let's party. Let's live life as if he's not coming. Right? That's what Jesus said, like the days of Noah. Right? Days of Noah, they were, oh, Noah, what is that thing? It's a boat. What's a boat? It's in front of your lawn. Can't see your house. It's a boat. There's a judgment coming. You crazy old man. And he built it and said the flood was coming. And they were drinking, being married. That's what Jesus says. So it be when the Lord comes. He'll be drinking, married, giving into marriage. This knowing that God is coming. But it would alter. If it's long ways off, we, again, we're going to party, we're going to compromise, we're going to drift away, we're going to backslide, and we're going to wait to the very last hour. Oh, Jesus is coming uh, tomorrow, Monday at 9 a.m. Oh, let's go to the club, let's go hang out. Hey, they're looting in, in California. There's a kind of new law here. You could just take anything off the shelf under $1,000, and you could go walk free. Why don't we just do that? Let's just go and you know, shoplift. You know, I'll repent of my sin just before Monday, 9 a.m. Think about it. Or if it's nearby, we would we will rush and make haste decisions and not really be prepared. The Bible says for us to be ready, prepared. He didn't say when he was coming. He gives us signs and things. Yes, but he's coming. All the prophecies have been fulfilled. God is not choosing to reveal specific time of his coming so that we will live a life in anticipation of his coming. When you're ready every day, you're ready every day. It's like a warrior, like a soldier. We don't know when battles and wars are coming, but we're always going to have our our armor on. We're always going to have our weapon, always ready. Anything can happen at any time. We need to be ready because Christ could come in any minute. Any minute, because all the prophecies... Before his rapture, the rapture, all of them has been fulfilled. There's nothing yet to be fulfilled. Nothing, not one. Not even one of those controversial verses that, well, it could be, but we don't know. It's all been fulfilled. All we're waiting. And we're supposed to live a life pleasing God, being ready for him. Just be faithful until he comes. The second reason why we don't need to know at least the day of the Lord it's because we're not going to be here. We're not going to be here. If you want to study something as a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about anyone else, but those who have repented and been born again are Christians. You want to study something, you know, that's going to take place after you're raptured or when you get to the presence of the Lord? Hey, read chapter 4 and 5 of Revelation. It's the heavenly scene. So that way, when you see everybody casting their crowns, what are we throwing the crowns for? We, we're casting it because we've done nothing to earn this crown. Oh, what is that? What are th- those four creatures there? But if you want to know what's going to happen after you rapture, just read that. So we're not going to be here for the day of the Lord. We're just told to be spiritually ready. And being ready does not involve setting dates and clocks and seeking all kinds of signs and antichrist and the mark of the beast and all these things. Who cares? We're not going to be here for that. Again, Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 44, Therefore you, you, also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not accept. 
expect. And so I'm with Paul when he says here to the Thessalonians, you have no need that I should write to you. They'll say, you have no need that I should write to you. I'm with Jesus when he told his disciples, it's it's not for you to know the time of seasons. That's what we're left with. That's what's in our Bibles. Verse 2, he says, it said, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So I I don't need to write to you because you know it's going to be a surprise. I don't know either. None of us know. You have no need that I should write to you. He said, for you, just know, for you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord, that judgment comes to as a thief in the night. Now, the illustration as a thief in the night shouldn't be pressed too far because Jesus is not a crook. In fact, you know, uh, all the belongings that Jesus actually needed from the world, he already had caught up, he had raptured up to be with him anyway. There's nothing that he needs here on earth. But however, as a thief does not announce in advance, hey, I'm going to go to your house and uh, rob that nice TV you just bought the other day at Walmart. They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to announce when they're coming. So in the same way, and when a, when a thief comes, he doesn't come, you know, to bring gifts. No, he does the opposite. It's going to be bad. So he's going to come as a thief in a sense they're not going to know. And when Christ comes, it's not necessarily going to be at night because he may, it may be a night in one part of the world, but the other part is not going to be night. It's going to be daytime. So it's just saying, as a thief, it's just using that as a metaphor. As a thief will come unexpectedly at night. That's when they do come. They don't come during the day. Everybody's out there. Everybody's working. You know, the, the, the wife's at home or the dog's at home. And your neighbors are home. They can see your house. They, don't, they come at night. So it's not saying that Jesus is going to be a thief and he's coming at night. It's just saying he's coming when it's unexpected. And so Paul is just trying to point here that the day of the Lord would come suddenly, unexpectedly, and unwelcome. And Jesus himself even used the imagery of a thief in the night um, to refer to the unexpectedness of his return. In Matthew 24, verses 43 and 44, he says, But you, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allow his house to be broken into. Therefore, you, you, you be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not know. It's important now, for you students also, when it comes to this thief in the night, to understand that that metaphor, thief in the night, has nothing to do with the rapture. And most of the time, we associate, oh, he's coming, be ready. The rapture's coming as a thief in the night. No. Every time when you see the thief in the night, it has to deal with the day of the Lord. Day of the Lord. Because it's going to come as a thief in the night for those who are on the earth. It's not going to be, it's going to be calamity. It's going to, they're going to be in shock. Those who have rejected Jesus Christ, the day of the Lord is coming for them, and it's going to come as a thief. Again, Peter write, uh, writes in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, he says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away. Remember, heaven and earth will pass away. It will. But his word will not pass away. With the great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. That's the day of the Lord. Verse 3. He said, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Sudden destruction, the wrath of God, the day of the Lord would come to those who who claim uh, a false peace, peace of security. This is after the rapture of the church, the Antichrist or is known as the beast, 
There's the first beast and you have the second beast. The second beast is the false prophet. So the beast is the Antichrist. Uh, just as there is a, uh, a spiritual trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, there is a satanic trinity. Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. As God poured into his son and Christ came to represent the Father here on earth and the Holy Spirit, Satan is now going to give his power to the beast, the Antichrist. And the false prophet is going to point to the, the, the first beast. And so the beast, he would be worshipped. He's going to want to be worshipped. He's going to be worshipped as a world leader. All the things that are going around this world now, can you imagine? You could turn on the channel. I don't need to tell you. This world is crying for a leader to bring everything together. To bring all the nations together. So there will be peace among the nations. And there's going to be one man who's going to be able to do that. It's going to be the Antichrist, the beast. And what's he going to do? Once the, rat, the church is caught up, the church is in heaven, God's judgment starts to pour down, the Antichrist within those seven years, he's going to, uh, within the seven years, he's going to create a pseudo peace, a, a, a false peace with the children of Israel in the middle of the seven year, in the middle of the great tribulation, three and a half years, that is exactly what he's going to do. And it tells us this in, in Daniel. Let's read Daniel. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Daniel writes, Then he, that is speaking of the beast, the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. In the Bible, one week means seven years. Seven years. So when they say a week, you remember when... Uh, Jacob uh, was, uh, was it Rachel and Leah? Was it Jacob? I, no. Jacob, right? Was it Jacob? Jacob, he, was, he wanted to work for Rachel. He worked seven years. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. He wakes up, and it wasn't Rachel. It was Leah, right? But Laban deceived him. Laban said, work another week, and that's the term. How you know how certain things are what they are in the scriptures. It's called the laws of first mention. You go to where it's first mentioned, and Laban tells him, work another week, meaning another seven years. I deceive you for the first seven. But he says, oy vey, you should know. We don't marry off the younger without the older. Oh, I'm sorry, Jacob. <laughs> he was deceived, right? Just like he deceived, right, Esau? Anyway, he, said, he says, and then he, the beast... The Antichrist shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. That covenant is going to be that peace treaty. He's the world leader. And what he's going to do is this. Every, all these major religions, well, the world thinks all Christians, the main church for all Christians is the Vatican in Rome, right? And then you have the Mecca for Islam, right? So according to the world, they have their main church. Good thing we as a church don't consider a building. We are the church, Right? But the Jews don't have their building. They don't have their temple. 70 AD, 70 AD it, was it was destroyed. So he's going to make a peace treaty. He said, okay, you Jews, I'm going to create peace. I'm going to let you build your temple. <gasps> now, let me tell you something. Israel is ready at any given moment to build. They're ready. They have everything. They have the furnishing. They have the garment for the high priest. They have everything. If you went with us to Israel, we went to the Temple Mount Institute. There they show you in display everything that's ready. The menorah, you'll see it there. Everything's ready. They have the stones, the limestones. They have everything. 
They're training up uh, some of the priests now. They're ready to build at any moment. And I showed that with the book of Revelation a study. And they're ready at any given moment to build the temple. And it says, but in the middle, in the middle of the week, that's the middle of the great tribulation, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. Guess what? They're ready to have everything. The furnishings, there for three and a half years, the first three and a half years, they're worshiping, they're sacrificing lambs, bulls, and everything. All the Jews are there. We have our temple. We finally have it since 70, we haven't had a temple. Thank God to the Antichrist, the beast, or whoever he's going to be. He's like a Messiah. That's what they're going to think. Then he says, and then it says, on the wing of abomination, he's going to stop their sacrifice. The wing of abomination, that's the holy of holies. And he says, shall be one, speaking of the Antichrist, who makes desolate. He's going to be in the holy of holies when they open up that curtain. And they're going to say, you know, to go in the holy of holies is very sacred. You could die in the Old Testament, right? They put the, the high priest had to put bells so they can know that, hey, the high priest hasn't sinned because you go in there without being right with God, you would die. And they would actually tie a rope on their ankles so if they collapse, they hear him. Oh, there goes Menachem. Let's, let's bring the next high priest. But they can't go in there and get him in the Holy Holy because if they step foot in the Holy they too would die. So they would pull him with the rope. But now they see another man in there, the Antichrist. And he's going to say, now you're going to bow and worship me as God. And it says, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on, on the desolate. The Jews have everything to build. In Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 2, it says this, Then I was given a reed, tells us in Revelation about this, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God and alter it. And those who worship there. But this is what he says. But leave out the court which is outside the temple. And do not measure it. For it has been given to the Gentiles. It's been given to the Gentiles. They already left it out. They already built it. The only thing it's not built there is the temple. And it says, and they would tread the holy city underfoot 42 months. That's three and a half years. Everything that we need to know is in Scripture. Everything that the curious mind wants to know who doesn't believe in Jesus is in Scripture. Jesus already said, when the disciples said, Oh, Jesus, look at this temple. Isn't it beautiful? Jesus said, Hey, I tell you the truth, not one stone will be left upon another. And in 30 years after his crucifixion, guess what happened? Exactly that. The temple was destroyed 70 A.D. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of 1 Thessalonians with us here on Running the Race. There's much more to learn from this New Testament letter, but our time has come to an end for today. Before we go, we'd like to invite you to visit our website to hear more messages from Pastor Eddie. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com. There, you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 10 a.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. If you're in a place of blessing due to this radio ministry, and you'd like to know how you could partner with us, we'd gladly accept your support. Here's Jessica to tell you more. 
prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time, right here on Running the Race.